0: What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we're joined by Joel Silverman out of Man- Montana. He's going to talk about the two ballot initiatives that folks will be voting on in Montana. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Mickey and Tom, how's the news going? Oh,
1: well, the news out of Illinois is uh, just more corruption. <laughs> standardization. It's just uh, it's not great there. But hey, welcome uh, to another Wednesday at two p.m. And if you're joining us on the uh, audio, you know, podcast first, great. Uh, you can find us on YouTube now at the Collateral Base or on Miggy's channel. And Miggy, how do we find your channel,
2: dude? That URL. So I don't have enough subscribers quite yet to change it. Could so I'll like, if
1: somebody goes to like Google though, no, not Google, Facebook, no, no, YouTube, Google to search for your channel. If they put in like Miggy four twenty, will it come up?
2: They should. They should be able to ping me on that. Sorry, right
1: and then we. Uh, should-
2: Throw in a newsletter, maybe? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then go over to Cannabis Legalized, Cannabis Industry Lawyer, or Cannabis Legalization News and subscribe to our newsletter there so you can stay abreast of all cannabis legalization news, including all that stuff that came out of Illinois. Let's see. What's the date on this one? October 13th uh at 7 29 p.m the sun times the chicago sun times is reporting uh cook county commissioner and ex-pot regulator admits ownership in that canna americana dream uh company that got so many of those tickets and uh it looks like it's uh more more rigged stuff <laughs> this, this is just like I, I i mean
2: i get it though you know what with, with the president in, in, in charge the yeah. way shit, you can do shit blatantly
1: you you know? it, like What is it? What's in it for me? Like, or you could use the White House uh, to stump speech. You know, it's like you, know, you can oh, you you No such thing as a hatchet. Mm. Hey, did you know? I mean, there's laws that says you can't do that.
2: <laughs> use the military ban.
1: Um, no. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I feel good things about what's coming up. And we are going to talk about some some election news. That's great. We reported on this actually a bit ago, but uh, New Zealand, remember? Uh, We reported on New Zealand. Well, High Times is reminding us that uh, New Zealand gets the vote on cannabis legalization Saturday. So Saturday will be October or something or other. Uh, And um, they've spelled legalization wrong, though, in High Times, according to the New Zealand audience. You actually spell legalization with an S in New Zealand. That's how I spell it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, when I, when I spell it wrong, I usually right. address. Yeah. Like, it just looks better with a Z. I don't it, know why. Yeah, well, like you're zationing it. Oh, no, it's less. Oh, but you know, New Zealand. Yeah.
2: New Zealand, Mexico might be thrown on there in October. So we got two countries coming up. That's good.
1: Yeah, but you know that Mexico market is going to be crooked as hell. I mean, they it, it, they do corruption down in Mexico, and they do it way more spicy than I think we do it in America.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I know a friend who lives in Sonoma, and he talks about jarring past uh, fields of cartel cannabis. So, I mean, yeah, that's already happening. They already got the fields.
1: And They're just going to give them a license now. It's like, here you go, sir. Thank you. Yeah, Maybe it'll be less <laughs> shooting. I don't know. But did you know I'm, I'm for less shootings if we can get <laughs> less of those? Yeah,
2: yeah, less death is great. Mm-hmm. Did you know if you lived in Maine, you're called a
1: Mainer? No, I did not know if you lived in Maine, you're called a Mainer.
2: Mainers spent over 250000 on their first legal weekend after four years. Hmm. It's finally there. They can go to a store now after four years.
1: Maine is also one of those states that's got basically nobody in it. And so, like, I think the population of Maine is about 700,000. Like, it's Vermont legalized, and the population of that's only, like, 620,000. Yeah, but so like, like, you know, small states are getting it. You know, legalization, it's not yet for – it's for big states. California, 40 million, all the way down to, you know, uh, Vermont, 620,000.
2: Well, you know, a quarter million is not too bad for a weekend.
1: Yeah, you know what else happened? A couple of other things. In cannabis legalization news, we turned to hemp. In hemp, a complaint for del- declaratory and injunctive relief was filed by the Hemp Industries Association, uh, Inray Botanicals, Inc., against uh, the, U- the DEA. And they they say, and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, we were knocked off the air, and so we weren't able to go live on that. But uh, now we get to read this. It's like 30 pages, and it's about how the DEA is pers- being a superfuge, scepterfuge, S-B-U-T-E-R-fuge. I mean, it's great that they, they they initiate this lawsuit, but oh, these are expensive. Like this is an expensive lawsuit. This is going to be at least a hundred grand.
2: But how do you how do you know it's going to get momentum? Like the thing ju- uh, just recently that got stopped in the uh, uh, Supreme Court with the yep. uh, the lawsuit with the kid and uh, the football player.
1: Right, right. They just kicked it. You know, they, yeah. they, they declined to hear it. They declined to hear all sorts of cases.
2: Do they even get like a reason why or it's just more like... Do
1: you think that abortion is going to be re-illegalized if uh, Amy Cohen Barrett gets onto the court? Uh, That's just more paperwork, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean... I I just think that like it's weird that time goes backwards sometimes. And we're still in the backwards times when it comes to cannabis because it's still federally illegal.
2: Yeah, well, that's... Well, and then we're still getting pinged on social media. How the F does that still do? All go?
1: right. We're getting pinged on social media. Thank you for joining us on our new channels, The Collateral Base, and also Miggy420. Yeah,
2: my mystery channel until I can rename it.
1: Well, the <laughs> thing is, and then, of course, go to CannabisIndustryLaurie.com and sign up for our newsletter. That's the other way that you can always keep in touch with us. But um, it's the redundancies that you have to build into the system because what you are doing is technically a crime uh and it's and it really shouldn't be and it's just ridiculous that it is you know uh what was that uh, new dr mitchellum case or news that came out this week Maybe
2: oh yeah well i just closed it out i saw you have it up there but, I have yeah. it.
1: let me go ahead and share it and you go ahead and explain it all right well and I, I still don't
2: totally digest it because he's talking about how he's he found a new more potent than thc and cbd but he doesn't explain like what effect but uh, if you scroll down, the the acid, the, the pre acid before the the plant generates uh, EPM three hundred one. Okay. EPM uh, three hundred one. Yeah, right there in the little section, a little section, little video. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, so the revealed his latest discovery: cannabidolic acid methyl ester, EPM three hundred one.
2: So I think this is just gonna be like a a medicinal compound. That's all. That's all. That that's why it's such a big hoopla because now, yay, pharmaceuticals! You can do something in the lab.
1: Yeah, but that's it. It's a new patented compound, synthetic, fully stable acid-based cannabis mo- cannabinoid molecules. That is completely different than Delta-8-THC. That is completely different than Delta-8-THC. And so I'm going to go on a small uh, hemp-based rant. And so like the definition of hemp is very, very broad. Uh, under the 2018 Farm Bill. And so when you take hemp and then you extract it and then you have goo and then you take that goo and you provide, you you might even distill it down to like just the CBD. And then you do an isomerization of that to uh, Delta 8 THC. That is hemp, according to my understanding and hopefully also soon this lawsuit. And by soon, I mean, uh, this lawsuit will probably take, uh, the lawsuit to sue the DEA will probably take years or it could be disqualified uh, by a motion for dismissal. In, in the coming months but we will report more on that uh here at cannabis legalization news
2: like you said too that the number that they referenced for hap is just arbitrary uh i had a great i heard an, a great analogy how cannabis is kind of like corn because corn can be grown for various reasons you know uh, oil uh soy all the other industrial stuff but just like cannabis it can be grown for rope or it can be grown for fun Yep, <laughs> you know, I mean,
1: more like, and, and cannabinoids can be synthesized in the lab, but you can also take natural cannabinoids and you know do some processing and some extracting and some isomerizations and get other stuff that still doesn't have this delta nine in it that has delta eight, which has been studied for decades and it's more safe than the delta nine version. I just think
2: it's crazy that we we're, we're so determined to have a la- uh, a lab based product to be considered legal whereas you have a freaking plant it's natural just just go for it give it a try that's right
1: (laughs) how dare you have a plant sir let's weigh the plant and then sentence him to a large amount of prison i mean it's not going to kill you Uh, you know what what, is hemlock illegal i don't think it is can we grow hemlock legally i don't know man half the stuff under your uh, kitchen cabinet will probably kill you and then if that's not enough to kill you go to the medicine cabinet and what's the heck you need the power hey google Uh Uh, No, that was that was uh, one of my open browsers for the next news article that I wanted to report on. And you have to be careful when you're when you're trying to get news from the Internet, because news from the Internet, like anything else, is filtered through a lens of bullshit. And that bullshit is trying to sell you stuff. And so I wanted to report the the polls out of uh, Montana for its ballot initiative before we brought on our guest. Unfortunately, the rag that I had on the Internet started like advertising to us. And that was the uh, the audio that you heard there. Uh, and so, no, but good news out of Montana polls. It appears that approximately 70 percent of people do support the legalization of cannabis in Montana, which is a population of about a million individuals, some of which are more righteous and guests of the show than others. So let's talk about Montana.
0: Yeah, let's bring on Joel. Hey, Joel, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, everybody. How you doing today? It's good to see you.
0: Great. So, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Silverman Law Office.
3: Yeah, well, we've got two offices, one in Helena and one in Bozeman. Uh, we represent a large number of bars, restaurants, casinos, And when medical marijuana came into passage in Montana, it was just a natural fit because the licensing requirements are very similar. Matter of fact, uh, and I know we'll get into it, but if the new law passes for recreational, it's going to put the control of recreational marijuana underneath the Montana Department of Revenue, which is where liquor is controlled in Montana.
2: How many times has Montana reinvented its medical? I used to travel through Montana as a technician. And uh, I, I, 2011, you know, I see you smiling. You remember like the billboards, like like it was blatant. It was people saying, hey, we got medical and we're going to bring it to you. And then not everybody liked that.
3: It, it was not liked, not just politically in Montana. It was not liked by the feds either. Uh, the feds did a very large sting in Montana across the state and hit several of the grow operations almost all of them uh and w- they were able to get them on tax evasion charges to gun charges uh oh, man. about everything they could bring under the sun uh and it was quite the big sting and it really put a, a chilling effect on the medical marijuana industry in montana
2: yeah yeah it's pretty wild too because it wasn't even uh, uh even uh persecution because right down the street from you from bozeman there was a um, a gentleman that was busted he had a uh, he was a member of a church and in his interview he's like i pay taxes on this medical marijuana and so it's like i'm paying to arrest myself and then actually the judge didn't uh, uh give him a sentence he said look i don't want to put you in prison for something that is mike doesn't make sense whereas richard floor was in prison for a year and passed away in prison
3: mm-hmm and, and, you know, Floor ended up in federal prison. Yeah. Uh, and there was a reason they brought it as, a, I believe, a reason they brought it as a federal case rather than a state case it is because uh, many juries would not have been behind criminalizing medical marijuana at that point. And it was much easier to prosecute those cases federally, especially if
1: they had guns on location. And, of course, they have guns on location. <laughs> they have weed and money. Lots of cash. You know, maybe I would like to protect my weed and money. Can I have a gun? I'm sorry. That exposes you to further criminal penalty. Oh, man. And so do you think that back in the day, and when I say back in the day, that was 2011. It's not like this was 1964 or something. Uh, uh, They were using IRC-280E as a prosecutorial device. To be able to go in and shut down these places and say, You haven't paid your taxes because you haven't been paying the double taxation and they just did the raids that way. I didn't I've never read any of the complaints. No, it was it was one way for them to get to the subpoenas. And that
3: was because they could say to the court, to the judge, hey, we know that they're not paying their full share of taxes. And and oftentimes in the tax world, we also have several tax attorneys. I'm in including it as one of them, uh, that what they do is they run statistical analysis. With that analysis, they can go in and say, look, we know this place is selling this much marijuana based on their square footage. They should be raising this much money and raising this much in taxes. Well, look, here's their return, Your Honor. We know their tax cheats. This is a large enough number to warrant us to go seize their records. And oh, ta-da, their guns, and we
1: now have federal felonies. Oh, wow. That's something else. Can you, I just can't even conceive it. Like, you know, there's, um, there's standardization of yield and output velocity of a cannabis operation being used to, uh, to as a basis for tax fraud. And, and so yeah. the the factual like you know showing of that they know how cannabis works they know like well i wasn't using that i mean how do you defend that like i'm sorry we only get two harvests a year your honor we were doing outdoor and you know or, or like we don't use that method of harvesting you know we were we were growing different strains um, that's just ridiculous well and it's nothing new though this is what's crazy is it
3: was new for the feds to go that route but it was nothing new as far as the irs using it in other industries So especially cash heavy industries, they will use this as a method, if you will, to try and find tax loopholes in cash heavy industries to see where are people actually hiding cash.
2: How is that even legal for an agriculture product? Because, like, for one, you're per- saying, "Hey, you're going to have the best harvest every freaking year, and you're never going to encounter anything." And two, like, you're you're assuming that this mass amount is going to be X amount of dollars, whereas sometimes you get you need to concentrate, or mm-hmm. you know, edible, it, it's going to go into other stuff. It's not going to just be a whole flower.
3: And, and I know I'm opening a huge, crazy can of worms here, but uh, what it is, it's kind of like a statistical analysis, if you will and so it's not dead set accurate by any means because every operation is different right you may have one operation that's gonna you know process stuff down into different tinctures edibles whatever that's not actually for inhalation and so they're going to have a different kind of uh sales process in the end an amount that they're going to sell versus someone who's just selling bud and so with that right a pure flower operation it has a different type of production capacity and different type of sales regime, but it's really not that hard to figure out when you look at just simple numbers and what a typical operation of a certain size would sell.
1: Hmm.
3: Like an averaging, probably. All
1: right. it's- yeah. I think it's just awesome that that's what they, well, it's terribly awesome because it's interesting and, and fascinating, but it's just oppressive and it's shocking. And it was very cruel to Mr. Glore, by the way. And so uh, that it's used against them like that, but the, um, the sophistication of the tax man and the prosecutors that they know they, they aren't They understand this game, uh, but they're just using it strictly against you. And so it's uh, the auditors at the IRS probably also know. And then that's, that might be one of the reasons why the the industry is so frequently audited.
3: Yeah, and it, it doesn't it doesn't help that number one uh, cash any cash business has a very high likelihood of audit. Uh, we see that an awful lot. It, it's we actually so Montana also has legalized gaming uh, in a very specified kind of way, and so we have machines. And it was funny an IRS agent came to talk one year at the convention. Uh, in Montana, and they were trying to make this big deal about Montana casinos being as haven for uh, cash abuse in the tax system, and they absolutely did not understand how our industry works. All these machines, almost all of them in Montana, are now connected to the internet. You can't hide a penny that goes into a machine that is connected to the internet because the reason they're connected to the internet is to report the taxes to
1: the state. That's what it is. But like, that's taxes. And, and then the the, the seed to sale tracing in the industry. And so, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It has right? nothing to do with controlling the supply. I mean, yes it does, but it's the supply of the taxes they're trying to control. A hundred percent. And let's face it. So in Montana,
3: that's a perfect example. Montana, when they passed uh, via voter initiative, to legalize medical marijuana there was no tax on it and at one point i I, I had worked for the montana department of revenue for over six years there uh, as one of their main tax attorneys and worked with a lot of liquor and gaming cases as well but when i first opened my office uh, somebody in the marijuana industry came to me and they said joel we have this problem coming down the pipe we know it and it was after the bust and they said legislatively Here's what we believe we're going to face. And I said, how are you guys so foolish not to see how easy this is? Tax it. And they threw their hands up and they said, Joel, we can't tax it. If we tax it, this, this is medicinal. And I said, you have to get beyond a Republican Party that doesn't like this. The only way you get
1: beyond it is give them money. That's right. <laughs> you give them money. You to- <laughs> I, I noticed that you don't like me. What's like a dollar? Yes. Ah, now, how would you rate me now? You yeah, right. still right. don't like me too much. How about $10? <laughs> okay, good. I'm going to start calling you buddy. You know, uh, But then it, it, it's fascinating that that was the hook and the lure. It's so easy. Pay them. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah.
3: well, let's face it. Any state government, state government's not getting smaller. Anywhere in the country, you're in Illinois, Tom. Holy crap, one of the most corrupt states in the country.
1: Oh, if you want it, you want more proof of that, read our news, you know, and then, you know, like another one of the pieces of news we didn't report in the news summary. So bonus news. Um, uh, all the craft growers have now sued the state to uh, petition for a writ of mandamus. Just basically release the scores. Tell us what happened. Um, yeah. nice. and, and so they're, they're now suing on all all sides. And it just, I just, and so now I'm advising people that want to get in next round. I'm like, look, uh, you might, be you're early. That's good. Let's keep working on it. Let's find that real estate. Let's get your team together. But uh, expect that as soon as the legislature gets back in January, there's probably going to be amendments to this law uh, because they've screwed up and they are trying to avoid the lawsuits in the future. Uh, and and I, I guarantee there's going to be amendments to the, the statute uh, next spring, hopefully before the next round of dispensary applications.
3: Well, if you want to see a long line of corruption uh, legally, You have to look no further than the alcohol and gaming industries in Illinois. It is absolutely atrocious. Mm. Um, And and we've had some clients who wanted to expand, and Illinois was a favored location.
1: And I said, oh, boy, good luck on that one. (laughs) those Those are the people that won. That got into the license lotto. Uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of them had connections to either the state government, uh, Chicago government, uh, the, the liquor commission, or, and then also um, uh, gaming. Now, I'm not sure if the liquor one was in there, but I know the gaming was in there. And then, you know, KPMG, it helps if you have a guy who scored the test, you know? Yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. No, yeah. it's, it's not America. That is not America. That is, <laughs> that is cronyism, you know? Or even yeah, really America. Wrong. For us, our legislature passed a huge limitation
3: that a grower could only have so many patients. They, And it was like, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, 10 patients maybe. Um, but I, I think it was even smaller than that. But they were greatly limited in the number of patients they could have and the number of plants they could grow per patient. Hmm. So it basically wiped out the entire industry. The industry files a lawsuit. Uh, judge overturns the law, says the law is unconstitutional. And so... We kind of get this mismatch of, of, you know, legislative law and now a court decision. And so then that gets fixed back in 2017. And so we're where we're at today. It uh, started with a 2% tax. Then it's it's a 4% tax, which is what it was originally intended to be. Uh, they accelerated it. Uh, tax benefits have been phenomenal for the state. We're a small state. They collected somewhere between 68 and 80 million dollars in uh, revenues, not, not marijuana taxes, total revenues, but what they estimated. So we've got about three, three plus million dollars in tax revenues for a small state like Montana. That's huge, right? It doesn't sound like much, but when now you start talking about legalization, it's going to have a 20 percent sales tax. And we're a state that hates sales tax. We don't have one. Uh, Only municipalities can have a sales tax. We have hidden sales tax in our lodging facilities tax and our telecommunications taxes. There's a few others, but it's really now going to be this 20% sales tax from the grower's side. That is from on heaven because they're all growers are already getting screwed tax wise, right? Because they can only deduct their cost of goods sold. Right. Well, this is a sales tax, so it's on the consumer, not the grower. Oh, if there had been another tax on the grower. It would have been a non-deductible federal tax. So, if this passes, this is great for the growers. Yeah. Right. But it's a twenty percent tax on the consumer. Ooh, yeah. That's pretty steep.
2: But I think that tax, you know, and I hate to say that you're right with this one, Joel, because that tax is like a protection. You know, if. Washington would have just done that. You know, a lot of people try to, a lot of people set money aside. Uh, when I used to make purchases and the cash only, you know, say they said $20 for an eighth and then, well, there's another five 25 for tax and they would put that to the side. Supposedly. I don't know, but I would think you would. I've heard of several issues where people like, uh, uh have a heart up here. They actually had to get, try to get a shakedown from a, a federal tax person, uh, because he was actually paying a lot, man reaped in a lot. But uh, the fact is though, if the state is behind it, cause earlier, like like I was asking you earlier about the beginning of uh, Montana's uh, medical and it was the wild west of just weed everywhere. And, uh, yeah. and they, you have a great culture too. I know a lot of people there, um, but yeah, a simple tax would have at least got the state behind the industry, I think.
3: Yeah. When, once you give the state government money, Good luck getting it back. I mean, not just getting it back, but giving it up in the future. Right. right? So, uh, if you guys want, I can walk you through kind of where the tax dollars go. The, sure. the, the, I got to give the folks credit who put this ballot initiative together. Um, they actually were really creative in how they did it. And if I were going to push something in another state, I would do it kind of this way because where they're putting the money is really interesting. Um, They've got 10% of the money is going to go to the Department of Public Health and Human Services to work on uh, existing agency issues and uh, to help with different community-based programs and uh, also to help with healthcare costs. They've got uh, 4% is going to go to help wildlife. So if you're an outdoor enthusiast, this is supposed to help fish, wildlife, and parks. They've got another uh, 4% going into the state park system. So to help improve state parks, 4% is going to go into recreational facilities specifically. Uh, 37% is going to go into Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks for wildlife habitat. And then they've got only 10% of this goes into the state general fund, which is, I was shocked. That's awesome. yeah. If the legislators are going to have one problem, it's that, right? yeah. hey, Wait a second. We legislators, we
1: should get the biggest chunk. But then I think the legislators are going to be sitting there going like, we're fixing the parks. All right, guys, let's take yeah. the uh, next week. We're just, we're good. Right. We can table this, come back in two weeks. Okay. See ya. And then uh, if they don't want to be stuck in the legislature all day, uh, it's
3: great. You know, well, in, in, and- In the end, what are they going to do? Say, I hate
1: birds. I hate animals. (laughs) The reason I moved to Montana was to be away (laughs) from all nature.
2: Well, especially in big sky country, yeah.
3: Exactly, right? So, um, And and then we've got all sorts of other stuff here going in for uh, dealing with localities. So 10% of this money is going to end up in locality hands, which is how how do the locals – say, no, we don't wanna help our local schools and local programs. So right. they, the numbers I've seen are between 33 and 38 million in the first year, talking about 45 million in tax revenue yeah. uh, by like 2025. It, if this passes, there's no way it ever goes backwards. Birds,
1: yeah. man. I, I, the I can't wait to go to Montana. It's after you guys have had it legal for a few years. You'll have a lot of nice digs. You know, it'll yeah. be wonderful to camp there. I'm not sure if I, I deal with February there, but you know, oh, um, summer I'm sure is beautiful. Wait, you live in Illinois? I, I begrudgingly live in Illinois. I uh, it was one of it was the most active scene of cannabis when I you know started my firm, and now I'm like sitting there and going like boy, Florida's starting to look hot with that florida grown case. If that thing breaks wide open and then I have uh, Sibs that live in Tampa. And so I'm going to look for us to do a lot more uh, Florida uh, content, at, especially in the winter months. But you know, I, I hope to get to Montana next year. That'd be awesome. To see. I mean, like what's the licensing regime that it looks like? Is it going to be open? Is it going to be uh, 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 license caps? How's it look right now? It's open. They, they did not put a cap in. So for liquor,
3: it is based on population. So uh, we only have so many liquor licenses in a given city or a county. This is open for licensure. Now cities can put zoning restrictions in that would prohibit somebody from being a, uh, a, an operator in the recreational facility. Uh, but uh, I, I don't see that, that that's gonna really be a problem in many of our communities, um, especially the larger communities and then the smaller communities will see that even if they put a restriction in i think they'll see that very quickly and change their mind on that but uh so the application itself is very similar. i'm assuming it's going to be very similar to a liquor application fingerprint cards personal history statements no felonies that are of importance to uh the marijuana industry um and and other than that it's just kind of what's your corporate structure anybody that's more than a 1% owner has to be disclosed and go through the whole uh, personal history side of things uh, but it, it's pretty minimal
1: man so like this isn't going to be one of those 90,000 to 125,000 dollar applications that the consultants come in and it's a 15,000 well 1500 page application no it's, yeah.
3: it's actually going to be pretty easy. And uh, right now our current regime for medical marijuana, and it's going to stay this way is through department of public health and human services. At least it's going to stay that way as we know right now, because there's no legislation to change it, but they've been a great state agency to work through. Absolutely fantastic for us. We call them they, we have questions they answer. They want to help people provide a better product and better service to those folks that are in healthcare needs uh, for medical marijuana, and so the state's really been a wonderful tool to work with.
2: So right now, you guys only have medical. What is the, uh, the model? Are you guys doing a collective model, or is it like can you actually have a company
3: out there? Yes. So it's it's very much structured uh, business structure. So you can you can have uh, multi-tier structured business. So you could have multiple tiers of growers. Uh, or processors, refiners, to then having a retail facility that's the, uh, that's on the inside for the consumer. So uh, much less also having a separate company to own the real estate, right? Okay. If you're trying to ensure that maybe federally you're not going to run into any problems if the feds come in to do a bust because it's still tier one, uh, the feds come in to do a bust and they're going to nail everything you may be able to find some protection by setting up a separate company owning the real estate.
2: Do you do vertical integration as well there?
1: Yep. Wow. That's awesome. So then if I wanted to be vertically integrated, I would just stack the licenses? Well, there there's yes, basically. So as, as I read this statute
3: and, and I could be wrong on this, but as I've read the statute, and it's not one, it's literally 30 pages. Uh, the way you can so on the medical marijuana side, you have to be vertically integrated. On the recreational side, you won't. Ooh. You'll actually be able to buy product from another manufacturer to sell it to the retailer. So if you've got a special refining process that makes the best vape, I can go through you to buy it and sell it in my store.
1: Right on neat so processors dream kind of no it sounds fantastic so uh, now the next question is, are there any direct flights between chicago and bozeman you know uh <laughs> uh th- there is from
3: boston i know um i don't know about chicago <laughs> i, I li- actually work out a- i live and work out of helena and come promote work with our bozeman team one or two days a week and so i, I very rarely fly out of bozeman
2: <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, if, if you get a chance, Tom, to get to, to Montana, uh, some of the best people I've ever smoked with out there, uh, and friendly, like the locals, uh, uh, I stayed, I had a hangout in Bozeman, I went to drive across to Wyoming, and uh, I picked up a hitchhiker who was a, uh, a cook at Big Sky, like at the, uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we're talking Oprah Winfrey Resort type hangout. Oprah Resort type. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where she hangs, that's, yeah. that's where they holiday, and because uh, they're not
3: party. Yeah.
2: And, well, you're not far from the, what, what's the, uh, uh, the Riviera for, uh, millionaires out there? Jackson Hole? Yeah.
3: Yellowstone yeah. Mountain Club is right up oh, hill. Yeah. Jackson
1: Hole's just down the yeah. street, basically.
2: So much money out there, dude. In, Good in real center. Yeah. But, and, and just, uh. You know what?
1: Okay. Let's go make a, a weed company and sell them all weed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, here's that, that stuff you like. Go back to your state. Hey, I, I noticed that your state's kind of like, you know, weird when it comes to that weed that you like that I had. Right. Can I get a license in your state? Yeah. Sure. yeah.
3: So yeah. it's funny because, Tom, that's actually a great question. For medical marijuana, you have to be a resident of Montana and you had to have been a resident for currently for, I believe, the last three years to be licensed. I did not see that in the recreational, but that doesn't mean I didn't miss it. Right. I'm more worried about the business side of getting things. OK, how can I structure this? How can I figure out ways to minimize taxes for my clients and and get them licensed and, you know, do all that kind of game? Uh, and and I, I didn't think to look to see if we have that residency requirement on the grow and sale side of the recreational, but I didn't see it.
1: It's very often a thing. I mean, like uh, cannabis legalization helps the locals. And so if you've lived there longer, they're going to preference you and in, in getting that license. But sometimes it's, um, well, it depends on if they do it by points or they just have restrictions. Like you, foreign investment can't be in more than 30% of the license ownership or something like that.
3: Yeah. And, and for us, it's not a point system. It's just straight restrictions that they mm-hmm. have. So is there uh, protections
2: for the, the legacy market, like for medical? Are they going to transition to recreational, or is it just going to stay medical? You stay in your lane, we stay in our lane?
3: Uh, I, the way I'm reading the laws is they're separate. So if you're going to be medicinal, you're going to have to fall underneath medicinal, and you can still deal with those people who want to get cards, you know, do all the medicinal stuff, and then they don't, they're not subject to the 20% tax. Mm. But if you want to avoid going medicinal and you're going to go recreational, then you're going to pay the 20% sales tax. uh, And you can get it at any
1: time. I can imagine the quality is going to be different between
2: the
1: two. Imagine the quality is going to be all over the map if it's that open. So anybody who can pass a background check and start growing the plant, you would think but we have a very strict testing lab.
3: So uh, while quality could be a challenge. I think that's going to be easily overcome just by the testing labs. So they're very stringent on uh, pesticides, issues of personal harm. And so they, they really do every, we have the whole tracking, right? Uh, seed to, to, to table, if you will. Yeah. And so, uh, and they tag every plant, every plant's tagged in Montana. So they know where every plant ends up. Uh, we actually, we had a client who, um, they had, uh, a, a split up between members and they just shut the thing down and the state came right in and was like, where'd these plants go? Oh, shit. We were able to find all of them except for somehow some plants got shredded and ended up and and they they were not flowered plants. They were in hibernation and they got shredded in, into a garbage bag and what they were able to find is one of the employees stole it. Oh, shit. And they're able to track that person down.
1: Yeah, that's pretty that's, wild. that's awesome. But that's also usually where a lot of theft comes from. It's it's the internal theft uh, that you have to really be careful and vigilant of. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really neat that it's going to be that open. But um, uh, and let's see. Other questions about it. So like home grow. Let's talk about a little bit about like home grow in the law. What's that looking like? Boy, the, the, this is kind
3: of a neat thing, too. Uh, I, I'm not a grower, not a smoker, um, but. Uh, personal use and cultivation. You're going to be allowed to have one ounce in possession, and uh, they've gotten rid of most of the criminal aspects of marijuana in Montana. If if this voter initiative goes through, um, you can have four mature plants and four seedlings. And then, if you have more than one ounce in your home, the requirement is that it has to be locked up and out of sight. And that's it. I mean, weed caves. Cool. Yeah, and one other thing, you either have to own the home or have the permission, written permission from the landowner. Great. So if you're renting your house and you want to grow in your house, you get a letter from the landowner that you're leasing from, and ta-da, you're good to go. So, And this is
2: going to be coming up with the initiative uh, number 118 is that what you guys prefer to it as
3: yeah well it's it's two so we have constitutional initiative 118 which is to change that in montana's constitution we defined who an adult is someone over 18 but in that same uh constitutional uh, uh initiative 118 says okay we are going to require that if you are going to uh be subject to this law or get the benefits of the law, you have to be over 21, just the same as alcohol. Mm. And then we have initiative number 190, which lays out all of the recreational marijuana statutes.
2: Uh, Why is it one's going to be a constitution initiative and the other one's going to be a, Hey, this is what's legal now.
3: Because Montana's constitution is what defined adulthood. Mm. And it was, You have to go there to define a benefit to be received as an adult. So they had to make an amendment to the Constitution for that uh, legal jargon. And then the initiative, which is dealing with all the state statutes, the Montana Code to deal with making marijuana recreational legal, dealing with the crossover to medical marijuana and Department of Public Health and Human Services, additions to statutes dealing with Department of Revenue and their control.
2: It's so wild that you you refer to adulthood at eighteen, but then you say, "But wait, you got three more years so you can enjoy this
3: law that we're creating over there now." Yeah. yeah, it's the the stuff that's been going on has been quite entertaining. I mean, the the literally, so this is this is our our voter information pamphlet. It's you know fairly thick. Uh, three fourths of it is about the marijuana law passage. So uh, it, it's pretty wild. <laughs>
2: That is pretty well, and and then when is this coming up? Uh, it, this election, right? Is that yeah,
3: November? Awesome. And uh, amazingly enough, you know, Montana's been. We hear the president talking a lot about uh, mail-in ballots and fraud and everything. Uh, our mail-in ballots went out last week, so many many people have already voted uh, on the entire ballot. So.
1: Right, but are they going to count them? I Man, is that going to like hit like a Republican desk between now and the end of the election? They're going to be like, "Oh, where did these come from, uh, Bozeman? We don't need to count them. They've been rejected."
3: We, we do have a Democrat for governor, which is something. Okay. But we, we believe it or not, Montana being a very conservative state, we've had a Democrat for governor for sixteen years. And, and I. I hate
2: like Montana. You get this picture of the Midwest, you think cowboy hats and and ignorance, but like I've been there, right? And there was a gay pride parade in Bozeman, and and Drag Queen's bigger than me. I'm like, holy shit, where am I? This is awesome. I love this. This is, it was, it was not what I expected from Montana, you know? Uh, It's a great place, a great place to smoke, uh, the hike, and all the other stuff. Absolutely. Tom, you really need to check out your yoga and the rivers.
1: Yeah, I do. I need to. I, I'm sorry. Like, it's COVID free now, right? I mean, you guys don't have to worry about that no more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. No problem with it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, is there any social equity in the uh, the bill that's coming up? In In what way? No, uh, like in Illinois, we tried to like say if you've been arrested for cannabis in the past, you're more likely to be able to get a license.
3: Yeah, you know the the social equity is more on the side of releasing someone from their criminal record.
1: Nice. Expunging. Yeah. yeah.
3: It, it, and, and I'm not a criminal law attorney. My gosh, I see criminal, yeah. law, you know, probably like you, Tom, my eyes glass over it. I'm going to take a nap.
1: I'm sorry. You're not a bank or a cannabis company. I'm not going to be very useful. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're not a business, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, so it, but it, if you've been convicted if this passes and you're still in jail, incarcerated, you'll be released if you fit within the guidelines of it. And then if uh, you have any sort of warrant outstanding for you, that will get released or you can move to get it released. Your criminal history, you can get expunged if it falls within these certain guidelines. So it's actually I was shocked by how broad that was. It was really nice to see. Nice.
2: They what Do you know what the numbers are for people locked up right now in Montana?
3: No, I don't. I have no clue. Not my world. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Again, yeah, I totally get it. It's a hot topic.
0: Joel, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find and follow what you guys got going on at Silverman Law Office?
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, Thank you, guys. Tom, Nikki, this was awesome. If anybody wants to look further into us, uh, you can either find us on our website at mttaxlaw.com. You can find us on YouTube at Silverman Law Office. We've got just a huge number of videos up. We do business interviews throughout the state of Montana. Um, We've not interviewed any cannabis businesses just for worry of what the government might do. But, hey, you know, uh, now that if this passes, then great. We're going to get our – we do a video blog just like you guys, uh, but it's not live. We record it and then come back, and what we try and do is show people that – Being a business in Montana doesn't mean you have to think small-minded. You can do big things here.
1: That's
3: nice. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news and sign up for our newsletter at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. We will see you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.